0: Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Um, it really is an honour to be, um, be able to share the word with you this morning. And we started a uh, series last week. You can open your Bibles if you want. We're going to, a few passages we're going to focus in on a little bit later. Um, we fo- started a, a series last week about transformational community. And uh, my message today is titled, We Can't Grow Alone. And uh, my wife shared an awesome message last week, and I encourage you to to podcast, to jump online and and have a listen. It was um, a super powerful, powerful message, and she talked a a bit about um, the guys that lowered the dude down through the roof, and just down to the feet of Jesus, and all the obstacles they had to overcome, and how that's the kind of love we're called to actually have for one another, and uh, it was super encouraging, and we're going to look today... And I just actually really believe that um, being part of the kingdom of God, we are actually some of the most blessed people on the planet. To be part of a Jesus-looking kingdom community where, where we worship a God who loves us and, and serves and where transformation happens from the inside out. Most of the stuff we experience on the outside of the kingdom of God is, is transformation that tries to happen from the outside in. But God's in the business of transforming us from the inside out, which I believe is true transformation. We aren't part of a club where we pay our membership and then we just get a whole heap of things for free. This community, the kingdom of God, is unlike any other community on the planet. It sets us apart. It's where we discover who God really is and what we were created to do together. It's a community where the deepest questions in life can be addressed, a community where we can discover what love is and what love isn't. It's where we find, out, find a God who is completely passionate about simply being in a relationship with you. It's where we find community, a community where we learn how to get off the rollercoaster of seeking fulfillment in stuff, and the void inside us begins to get filled with all that God is. It's a community where we can find peace and comfort in the midst of some of life's hardest challenges. It's a community that places the ultimate value on every person, regardless of race, religion, colour, place of birth, clothes they wear, talent, wealth. Places value on every single person. It's where we can learn how to live and walk out in relationships with one another with integrity and honesty, community where we can find hope, healing, and truth, a community that has the potential to be so powerful that it can heal and transform a life from darkness to light, from chains to freedom. We are so blessed to be part of the kingdom of God. The sad thing is that often the kingdom of God may not look like this, Right? May not have always been our experience to experience all of those things that I've just talked about and more. And if this hasn't been your experience, then what can often happen is we tend to live our lives in isolation or we tend to isolate ourselves. I guess what I really want to talk about today is what I call pot plant Christianity pot plant Christianity. And one of the main problems, I think, and we'll talk a little bit about more what that looks like in a minute, but one of the main problems, I think, with our culture is that we're told that if it doesn't benefit you or suit you now, then you just move on. If it gets uncomfortable, then we're trained to avoid it. We don't like uncomfortable, right? But our culture tells us if it's uncomfortable, then just move on, find something else. Our days and our weeks and our years can often get shaped by the climate of the moment. Whatever we see on the news shapes our day. What we see on social media, whatever the big theme is, global, what is it this week? Climate change. We can let our lives get shaped by that stuff, by what we read on social media, by what we see on social media. How many photos how many likes a photo gets. And all this adds up to is is clutter in our brain. And the more clutter we have, the more time poor we become and we spend our life busy. And when we're busy, we often don't have time for real, meaningful relationships. And you know what? This has been one of the subtle goals of the enemy since the beginning of time, right? He wants to focus our attention on the things that don't really matter. The enemy wants to focus our attention on things that have no eternal value, no eternal purpose. But here's the thing at the very core of how you and I are created, we have a desire for community, to be part of a community where we're loved and accepted for who we are. That's at the very core of every human being. We're created to be part of a community where we're accepted and loved. We're created to have intimate and meaningful relationships and connections with people. And you know what? I don't think we can fulfill the call on our life that God has for us if we have a pot plant approach to life and Christianity. The truth is, many of, us many of us do live life like a pop plant. We look good on the outside, but truth is we stay in our own space. We need a pot around us to protect us. We've been hurt. We find it hard to trust. We don't want to get tied down. We want to keep our options open, which is what our culture tells us to do. Let me give you a few stats on just pop plants. there anyone got pot plants at home? Pop plants don't stay alive at my place very long. Um, we just forget to water them and... You know, I'm sure my mum is not very impressed with this. She often buys us pop plants and then she'll come over a month later and it'll be kind of not looking very healthy in the corner. We're not very good at looking after pop plants, but here's some stats on pop plants. Pop plants require more water. Pop plants are higher maintenance. Roots get tangled up in pop plants. Pop plants dry out easier. They require more nutrients than plants that are planted in the ground. Here's a cool one. Pot plants don't have the protection of other plants that are in the garden. Eventually, you'll have to upgrade to a bigger pot. Pot plants are more prone to disease. And from a distance, you can't tell whether a pot plant is fake or it's real. We have lots of fake pot plants in our place. They look pretty cool. Here's the thing. You and I were created to be planted in the garden. And the word of God talks quite a bit about that. And if you're taking notes or you've you got your Bibles there, we're going to look at a few scriptures, but we're going to focus in on one in particular a little bit later. Um, Proverbs 12:3 says, "This Wick- wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have deep roots." Jeremiah 17, "I love this passage, and we're going to come back to that, so keep your finger in that spot, if you like, or mark it. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for a future. They will live in barren wilderness and in an uninhabited salty land. But check this out. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Love this bit. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach down deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I love that picture. And like I said, we're going to come back to that in just a moment. Matthew 13 says this, But the plant soon withers under the hot sun since they did not have deep roots. Ephesians 3:17. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts. As you trust in him, your roots will go down deep in God's love and keep you strong. Colossians 2, 7 says this, Let your roots go down deep in him. And let your lives be built on Him. You know, there's lots of reasons we can want to stay in the pot, right? And I get it. I've been around church my whole life, and sooner or later you're going to get offended, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get challenged, you're going to get whatever. There's lots of things that happen. We're we're humans, right? We make mistakes. And all those things can often lead us to living a pot plant kind of life where we put the barriers up and we just keep in our own space. Let me say straight up, this community needs the real you. This community, the kingdom of God, needs the real you. You. Needs the real you to get out of the pot because what you bring is something unique. What you bring is how the way that God has created you. Hold on to that thought. There's lots of things I think, some things that will keep you in your pot plant and the list certainly isn't exhaustive. But I think one of the main things I think we often struggle with in, in church life, if you like, is you may have thought that God will always choose the righteous people to do the most important stuff. And so it's easier just to stay in your little pot plant over here and look good so no one bothers you. I want to go through just a few characters in the Bible um, They kind of paint the picture that maybe that thought um, isn't true. There's a whole heap of characters in the Bible, and you know what? They all had their stuff ups, just like you, just like me. Abraham and Sarah, Abraham, Father Abraham, you remember that song? Incredible man, incredible dude in the Bible. But anyway, before you think too much, Abraham and Sarah go to Egypt because there's a famine. And so they go down to get some food. Now it appears that Sarah was a bit of a hottie. And all the guys were checking her out, including Pharaoh, this is in the Bible, right? I'm just, you know, you know I'm not making it up. And uh, including Pharaoh. So now Abraham knows that Pharaoh gets what Pharaoh wants. And so he decides to fabricate a bit of a story and say that Sarah, his wife, is actually his sister because he knows that if he finds out it's his wife, he's probably going to get killed. And so he says, this is my sister and sleeps with her and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, husband of the year right there, right? Whatever reason God had for choosing Abraham to be one of the fathers of the faith, it certainly wasn't that, right? Abraham had had some stuff going on, just like you, just like me. And I don't know about you, but in a messed up kind of way, this kind of gives me hope that if God can use a screw up like Abraham, he can use me. This is what's cool, I think, about some of the heroes we read about in the Bible. They all had their stuff. And the Bible doesn't paint a picture to try and wash that over. It says this is how it is. But you know what? God used all these people. Noah, one of the one righteous man left on the planet, saves all the animals and the human race, gets off the ark, gets wasted and naked, and then curses his son. That of the year. Noah, Moses. Murders a dude. He's got some rage issues. David has all the women he wants and yet he still chooses to go after Bathsheba, and then have, have his husband sent out into battle and into battle he wasn't going to win and dies. Elisha calls down fire from heaven just because he can. He smokes 100 people only to find out that the Lord wanted him to actually go with these people and visit the king. Samson messes up everything. Mary and Joseph lose their 12 or 13 year old boy for three days. These are the people that God uses. He doesn't wait until they've got all their stuff together. The Bible doesn't tidy things up and make it sound better than it really is. God uses them. And you know what? He can use us in the middle of our stuff as well. I may not know everything about you, but what I do know is this, is that Jesus Christ died for you. And I know that you have your mess-ups. The person beside you, they've got their screw-ups. You sit next to a screw-up. Did you know that? You know what? Wherever you sit on the scale of screw-ups, whether it's little in the social perspective, in the middle of the of you know how social perspective would see it, or whether you're in the middle of the biggest screw-up in history, you're not excluded from being planted in the kingdom of God. You're not excluded. You can pull yourself out of your pot plant and plant yourself in the kingdom of God. We come from a long line of people who have messed up somewhere along the line. Here's the thing, God is not finished with you yet. Maybe your family has had enough, maybe your friends have had enough, but I want you to know today that God has never had enough and he's not finished with you. Don't invest in the lie that you have to be 100% healthy to get out of your pot and let your roots go down deep. The accuser wants to take you out and he'll remind you of your stuff-ups, he'll remind you why you're in the pot. Look at what you did. You must pay for this. All these thoughts that he plants in our minds. After what you did, you're never allowed to have joy or peace again. You're never allowed to have a healthy relationship again after what you did. And let me tell you, it's so much easier to take you out if you're stuck in a pot plant. It's easy to pick up a pot plant and get rid of it, right? But if you're planted in the grounds, then it becomes a little bit harder. You and I are called to be part of a community where we let our roots go down deep. Here's the thing. When we're planted in the community, in the kingdom of God, we have the protection of other people around us. Robin talked last week about, I think Tom talked as well about, we've got to have each other's back. We've got to look out for each other. We've got to look after each other. We're all on the same team, right? We're not in opposition with one another. We're all on the same team. We're all building the kingdom of God. We've got to have each other's back. And let me say this. Those of us that are established and that we've been here for a long time, or we've been part of the kingdom of God, or we've been following God for a long time. You know what? It's not our job to kind of sit back and get grumpy, but to actually look out and nurture and protect the new people that God is bringing into our community. It's our job to look out for people. Youth. You guys that have been going to youth forever, it's not your job to sit back and and kind of, Point the finger at people. I'm not saying you guys do this, but point the finger at people that are are walking in. It's your job to nurture the people that God is bringing into your midst. Just because they look a little bit different or their plant looks a little bit different. You know what? I think that's what makes the kingdom of God so beautiful, is that we all bring something unique. We all bring something different. And that's our job to nurture the people that God brings in and walk with them on a journey. We need to recognize that God brought brings people into our community. It's our job to walk with them, to have their back, to see them nurtured, to protect them when then the world and the culture and the climate of the day comes around them and begins to try and steal. It's our job to get around them, us trees that are a little bit bigger, if you like, and protect them. That's what we that's what we bring to the community of God. Us that have been in, I've been walking with God my whole life it's our job to nurture the people that come around us. We're going to go back to that passage. We're going to go back to that passage in, where was it? Jeremiah, that's the one. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank. Roots, with roots that reach down deep into the water, such trees are not bothered by the heat. The leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit first thing it says is trust in the lord we don't trust in our own ability we don't put our trust in shell harbor community church we don't put our trust in leaders we put our trust and hope in jesus christ and him alone that's where our trust that's where our trust is their hope and their confidence is in jesus when our hope is in things and stuff and people and the climate of the day, we're always going to get let down, yeah? There isn't a whole lot we can be confident about these days. Can't be confident that life is always going to go smoothly, that leaders are always going to do what they say they're going to do, that everything is going to go to plan. But we can be be confident in the person of Jesus Christ, right? That we are loved with an everlasting love, we can be confident in that. And this is what it says. They become trees that are not bothered by the heat. That means whatever the climate of the day is, whatever is happening on Facebook or social media, whatever is happening in the news, that stuff, sure, might shock us or whatever, but it doesn't shake the foundation of who we are. Why? Because our trust in our foundation is in Jesus Christ and our hope is in him. Our hope is not in how this thing is going to get play out in the media. Our hope is not in how you know, everything is going to happen in the country of Australia or America or whatever. Our hope is not in that stuff. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And in that, we can be solid. We can have roots that go down deep and aren't bothered by the heat and the climate of the world in which we find ourselves in. We need to be so careful because, you know what, our hope and our confidence can so easily be shifted away from Jesus. goes on and it says, Not worried by long months of drought, their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I don't know about you, but I, I, I get this picture and I'm like, man, that's, that's the kind of life I want to live. That's the kind of relationship I want to have with God. I want to be like that tree where the heat might come or the, the, you know, the climate of the day might change, but you know what? I'm not going to let it shift where my roots are found doesn't change I want to be that kind of tree if you like that that um, whatever is happening around me that I just continue to, to produce fruit and the Bible makes it really clear how do we do that we put our trust in him we put our hope in him alone you know we can be busy on the outside but when our hope and our trust and our confidence in Jesus then you know what there's an inward strength because our roots go down deep. We don't get caught up in the climate of the times. I love what it says in Second Timothy two. It says, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Today I want you to know that whether you are established in the, you've been established in the kingdom for fifty years, or whether you've just walked in today. whether you've been here five minutes or 50 years, the kingdom of God needs what you bring. That you were worth Christ dying for. You were worth Christ dying for. Maybe you've been around for ages, but you've been living like a pot plant. It's time to get out of the pot and begin to let your roots go down deep. I want to invite the worship team to come just as we wrap, begin to wrap things up. What does this look like for you? What does this, this practically look like? What does it look like to practically get out of the pot and begin to let your roots go down deep? And that may be a bit scary for some of us. might mean simply just saying, you know what, I'm going to begin to go to a connect group. might be praying a prayer like God, can you bring some people into my world that I can just be real with? I'm super thankful I've got people in my world that I can just be me and real with. I've got guys that I've asked in my world to keep me accountable to stuff. Because I know that I can't do it alone, right? We're not created to do this thing alone. We're created to be in community. We're created to do life with each other. And the more isolated we become, the easier it is for the enemy to take us out. We need to let people into our world. My mentor said, someone, Steve, if you want someone to begin to open up about their world, you've got to let them into yours. And I think there's a fair bit of truth in that. When we do relationship and we begin to let people into our world, they begin to open up about their world. And suddenly we find this beautiful place where we can love and encourage one another. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. What else does it look like if you've been here for a long time? Start discipling people. You need to have someone in your world that you're discipling. That's, one of, I think, one of the most fundamental calls of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. The last thing he said to us was, what? Go and make disciples. You don't need permission. You don't need a program to start discipling people. You don't. Catch up with them. You've all got people that you catch up with through the week. So what does it look like? It means asking some questions. How are you going with God? What's God been speaking to you about? Any one of us can ask that question. I don't know anyone on the planet in the kingdom of God that isn't appreciative of somebody asking them that question. One, it communicates that we actually care about each other, that we care about their journey with God. And we care about them, what it is they're actually going through. Maybe that's your challenge this week. Maybe you just need to ask someone. What's God been speaking to you about this week? What is it I can be praying for? Have coffee with intention, I like to call it, if you like. When you catch up and have a coffee, don't just have a coffee. Bring some intention into it. This is what the kingdom of God is, right? But don't shy away from those questions with each other. Sometimes we just think, oh, I can't answer." Of course you can ask those questions. We're all followers of Jesus. We're called to ask those questions of each other. Start discipling people. Programs are great, but you don't need a program. It's the last thing Jesus said. Start connecting with people. Start serving somewhere. Start serving somewhere is a great way to get to know people. Is a great way to get connected, because it's not just about you doing a task; it's about you connecting with people. I think it's so important that we find somewhere where we can serve, find a connect group that with a, a group of people that you know you're like-minded with and you can connect with. I think it's important. To go see Pete afterwards. You can uh, check out the Next Step Station afterwards if you're not connected and you you know that's your next step. What you bring to the kingdom makes the garden look amazing. What you bring is unique. Don't buy into the lie that says it's not. What you bring to the kingdom is unique. What you bring to the garden can provide protection. What you are going through right now is going to help other people. What you're going through right now is not just about you. It's about the people you're going to lead through that in the future. Make a choice. Start telling yourself that the kingdom of God needs what I bring and just start doing it. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I want to thank you for the way that you have wired us up. You've created us in a way, God, that we need each other. We need people to have our back. And Father, I pray for those in this place that are feeling lonely and maybe isolated today. Lord, I pray that you would give them courage to make the next step. I pray that you would show the ones that have been here for 50 years or 40 years or however long it's been, Father God, that you would give us your eyes to see the people, Father God, that are maybe a bit isolated, to help us reach out, whatever that looks like. God, we're so thankful that we are part of this thing you call your kingdom. God, we're so thankful. But Lord, we don't want to keep it all to ourselves, God. Your heart is that every person on this planet would be introduced to your kingdom, God. And so take us and use us this week, God, to take the next step. Show us who it is, Father God. You you want us to... Just to begin to, disciple, show us who it is, Father God, that we can have a coffee with and just ask some questions or whatever it might be, God. We're your children. We are yours, God. Take us and use us to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.